0: One in four people, believe it or not, suffer from mental health problems. One in four. That is a huge statistic. Um, now, this Friday, the 12th, A Walk in My Shoes has taken place and is proudly supported by 98FM. But the idea is to raise funds for St. Patrick's Foundation, which deals with mental health problems in young people, which is which is something that is, is so important at the moment. It's really important. And what... Uh, what you, what people want you to do is to wear mismatched shoes, odd shoes. Some people do it all the time without even noticing. But, um, and you, you wear mismatched shoes and donate two euros by texting "shoes" to five seven eight zero two. But I'm joined now, very importantly, um, by Alan Ryan, who's a clinical nurse manager with the young adults uh, service team at St Patrick's University Hospital, and Jack Kerwin, a UCD student. Um, who has suffered from mental health issues? You're very, um, you're very welcome, Jack and Alan. How are you doing?
1: Good, not, not too bad at all.
0: Great stuff. I'll go, I'll go to you first, Alan, if that's all right. Is yes. that okay, Jack? Um, what is now? I, I hope you can see me over this desk. I can. You, you I can. can. Great can. stuff. What is the, the the young adult service in, in St. Patrick's?
1: Young uh, adult service is basically for for people who are eighteen to twenty four, twenty five years of age, uh, who might be suffering from a mental health problem like anxiety depression and so on. Uh basically the first protocol would be the GP and then a the GP might refer them if the mental health problem is more of a, an issue yeah. onto somebody like a psychiatrist. Okay. And then basically what they they could do is uh they could be seen they can commit the hospital if they feel it's more appropriate for them and uh, that 's where they see where you 're looking after a, that age group where you got child and adolescent, which is basically from twelve to seventeen years of age, but once they become eighteen, they become into the adult service. But we have a program which is basically just for young adults that age group
0: so when somebody comes here i 'm sure and we 'll we'll hear you and i 'm dying to hear your story i 've read some of it, and, and it is i mean it 's it's, it's a tough story jack and it 's inst- inspirational as well but when... Um, I'm going to stand up here so I can see you a bit better. Sorry. Don't let me frighten you. No, no it's just it's the, way, the way the desk is configured. But when somebody comes to you, Alan, are they yeah. very frightened as well as being unwell?
1: Of course they are. I mean, the, the, it's, a, it's a new kind of place for them. It's, it's basically all the kind of stigma that, that surrounded yeah. mental health hospitals and... Everything to do with mental health—it's—it's it's frightening. It's a frightening experience. Yeah, and for them to come in, you—you're you, just going to sh- try and settle them in, try and make their mind at ease, just to make them more comfortable, you know, and treat so, them as an adult.
0: Absolutely. So, so when somebody comes into you, they've either been referred through a GP yeah. and then a psychiatrist, or hopefully have gone through that yeah. way, or. Yeah. Um, can they go straight from a home situation into you?
1: Inter- yeah, we do have uh, outpatients that can come in, okay. and uh, we do have inpatients as well. But basically, we put them on their ease. We go- it's a five-day-a-week program. It's very multidisciplinary team-led, okay. which means there's, you're dealing with psychiatrists, you're dealing with nurse-led programs, you're dealing with psychologists, uh, therapists, CBT therapy, uh, addictions- there's a whole mass of people involved in your care
0: yeah and you see that's something that i didn't i wouldn't even know uh, which is ridiculous yeah that i wouldn't even know that you can be referred by your gp because it's always been and there has been for years and years and years and that's probably the problem in ireland as well there's this big stigma yeah around (coughs) mental health so when somebody comes into you obviously there's a team of people working with them and they hopefully try to get to the root of the problem and, and and see what's going on
1: exactly exactly and uh well, basically the, uh, your psychiatrist would refer you to the programme and uh, then you'd come in, you'd come in for an interview basically you'd be assessed and you'd be given a programme and it's a five day a week programme but it's also very it's not like any other programme that's in that's in St. Pat's at the moment, it's very kind of you're more involved, you're very involved with uh, a lot of the young adults and you know them on a first name basis and you're kind of, that involvement that, that's with the young adult programme, it's from the feedback that we get from the young adults, it's very positive.
0: So, when when somebody comes in to you, Alan, is it a case of is it is it locked doors? Is it is it that no. kind of thing, no. or, or no. is it just no, trying no. to trying to make somebody feel chilled? No. And, and it,
1: it's not. I mean, it, Jack was on a ward. He was uh, on a ward in St. Pat's, and there was no locked doors or anything like that. It was very uh, comfortable setting. It was. Oh, Jack came down. I mean,
0: you know. And so when somebody and do the family get involved as well so is it is it all they do
1: there is very family uh, much intervention as well you've got family therapy that kind of thing but uh, the basic thing is once they turn 18 uh, what can happen as well like child and adolescent 12 to 17 year old the family are very involved very involved and once they turn up to 18 it can it can switch as well where you get a lot of young adults who, who don't want to have their family involved. Of course. Who want to deal with things on their own and yeah. feel like the pressure of that they don't want
0: and obviously uh, no. y- y- you need funding as well for, yeah. for the, and that's why we're talking about it. we're talking about a walk in our shoes by the way and all you have to do is text uh, shoes to 57802 ok just f- for a second we'll go to, to Jack and as I said I knew you were a rugby player the minute the minute I laid eyes on you the size mm. of you the height of you Jack tell us tell us your story because up until 2010 everything was was kind of going well for you yeah yeah uh,
2: basically I had just come back from a trip to New Zealand where I was playing rugby with i was probably the happiest i've ever been yeah. um, and then as as i got home the kind of anti-climax kicked in and i started to feel a little bit less happy in myself and you know as far as other people looking in were concerned i you know, had you know a perfect life i had you know i was perfect rugby life you know perfect family life i was in a brilliant school with you know i had a girlfriend i had all that kind of thing but uh you know, in my head, it wasn't it wasn't enough. Um, it didn't feel like enough. There was something missing. There was something stopping me from from being happy. Um, did, did
0: it start kind of slowly, or did this did it kind of come on you like a? Pilot? Yeah,
2: it, like with me, it kind of it came and then it went. Okay. Um, so it was kind of waves of stuff. Um, so it didn't start as as a kind of huge thing in my head. Really, you know, it was a little bit of worry about it, but otherwise, I was, you know, I kind of put it down to New Zealand thing, and then. As time wore on, and I got into fifth year in school, um, obviously the pressure comes on. Then with leaving certain stuff like that, yeah. um, and I started to, you know, I started to get anxiety attacks, um, which really scared me because I didn't, I didn't really know what they were. And are they
0: horrible?
2: Yeah, it's kind of I'd be, I'd be kind of feel trapped in my own clothes, and I'd be sweating, and I couldn't breathe. And you know, the first time I had a panic attack, I thought I was going to die. To be honest, um, you know, it just. It's it's kind of the worst things you hear about. It's it's not nice, definitely the first one was was horrible. Um and then lucky for me, just before Christmas in fifth year, yeah. it could have been after actually, um, I was in I was I was in school and I was having a panic attack. Um, I I really wasn't I wasn't feeling good at all. Um and I was falling behind on work as well and my okay. principal my principal found me. Um he found me doing homework in class, which wasn't my start at all. You know, I was, I was kind of an academic enough kid. And then um, he took me out, brought me to his office, um, asked me what was going on. Mm. And the minute he asked me, I, I broke down. Um, I cried for about an hour, I think. Um, I talked about everything. You know, I talked about my f- family life. I talked about anything and everything that was going on. Um, and he referred me to a counsellor. Um, unfortunately, when I did go into counseling um you know, the, f- the first kind of bout of counseling i had didn 't really work for me um, okay you know you kind of have to go through a process of of finding what what works for you so um, the counseling
0: yourself didn't did you feel that you didn 't gel with each other Yeah it
2: was just the style of counseling <laughs> it, was, okay. it was kind of more of a, a kind of sit down and, and and kind of dwell on things and i you know i 'm not really that kind of person i just mm. i didn 't feel really comfortable with. it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I just wanted to conv- convince myself that it was all over. Of
0: course,
2: yeah. Uh, and I did that. Um, and then I got into summer that year and it all started to unravel, um, you know, where my relationship with my girlfriend ended, which, you know, it, it mightn't be a big deal looking in, but for someone who was feeling quite bad about themselves at the time, you know, it, you know, it kind of, it it jolted me into into a kind of acceleration i suppose and then uh
0: and how long at at this stage then you'd been going through that for
2: about a a year at that stage whoa
0: that's that's tough
2: yeah and then i kind of went into summer um and i tried i got to august um without any incidents per se Mm. and you know i was having incidents by myself definitely you know that i wasn't telling people about i got to sixth year um and within about a month, I'd say the whole thing unraveled. Um, you know, I couldn't deal with anything. I just, okay. I'd had, I'd had enough of it, um, and it all got, it all came to a head. And my principal found me, and then I was referred to a, another counselor, um, who actually, the immediate reaction to it was oh, I reacted to it quite well. Um, she was, the she's still my counselor now. Um, okay. You know, she looked after me very, very well, yeah. um, and I was, you know, I was brilliant for me and I started to get better uh, but then Christmas came around and I don't I don't know what it is about that time but I just you know the, around Christmas or whatever I've always I don't, don't really like around Christmas time okay. um, and I started to feel really bad and around January, February I, I broke my shoulder and I couldn't play rugby um, and nothing seemed to be going right for me um, and it was around then that uh, I began to self harm. Really? Um, you know that was it was something that I didn't necessarily understand. Okay, um, you know, lucky for me that it, you know, I, it didn't escalate too much. Um, and yeah. you know, but within a few weeks of of the self-harming thing, you know, uh, my first kind of thoughts of suicide came, um, and when I started, I started planning things in my head, and you know, getting ready and writing notes and stuff like that, and you know. I kind of got referred to a psychiatrist at that stage. Um,
0: Your family at this stage, sorry for interrupting your deputy. Your family at this stage, where could they? Did they feel that they couldn't reach you? Did you feel that there was like a huge barrier between, or is it just you're just feeling
2: lost? Look, I just like family. It's it's very tough with families, you know. It's there's no book for this stuff. You know, it's very hard. You know, I was in the middle of it and I didn't understand it. Mm. um, You know, but. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I was very lucky with the family that I was given. Um, you know, I they supported me one hundred percent, and I'll never criticise them for anything they did. You know, I was a very angry young man for those couple of years, uh, yeah. and you know, they, you know, there was incidents or whatever, but they never lost faith to me, and they they always backed me and made sure I was okay. Um, and at this stage, when I was thinking about suicide or whatever, you know, I was in bed all day. Um, I didn't. You know, I occasionally got up for school, but Mm. if I did go to school, I didn't go to class. Mm. Um, And then I kind of got to the point where I I went into my psychiatrist one day. I hadn't told him I'd been self-harming. I hadn't told anyone. OK. And, you know, lucky for me, he he found... He found the scars in my arms, um, and he referred me straight to Pats, um, at which point, you know, I, I was... I was ready to go. I was, you know, I didn't want to be here anymore. I'd, okay. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to deal with anything yeah. anymore. Um I just thought it was a better option just just to say goodbye, I suppose.
0: Going into Pats uh Jack, was that was that very tough or was it a, a nearly like a, a release and a relief?
2: Um I think people have different experiences when they go in. You know, the place itself isn't actually that; it's not intimidating at all. Okay. You know, it's quite bright. It's quite open. It's it's you know, it's a, it's a nice place to be. Um, but at the same time, you know, I even though I have depression, um, you know, I have I had the same stigma that everybody else had. Um, you know, I walked in there and I was petrified. Were you? Um, You know, I was brought up to my my bed or whatever. My mom and dad were there, um, and I remember. I for about an hour. I, I just bawled. Uh, I was just hanging out of my mom and dad's arm. Just don't leave me here. Just don't leave me. Um, you know. And my dad kind of grabbed me at one point and just looked me in the eyes and said, "Look, you need to do this." Um, it didn't make it any easier, but you know, they. I have a lot of respect for my parents for for kind of walking away that day um, because once I kind of did. Get put into paths, and in the process at the beginning. And um, you know, the people in there really did. Like I'm, a, it's. You know, it sounds like a cliche, or whatever. But I'm, I'm not exaggerating at all. The people in Pats saved my life. Really.
0: Um,
2: you know, people like Alan. Um, like people like Alan just care so much about their job, and you know, you can see he enjoys doing it. And he enjoys working with young people. Um, you know, I was just delighted with my progress in there and pretty much immediately I started to get back motivation and I was getting out of bed again and I was feeling myself again, you know, that's not to say that there wasn't setbacks and you know, there's there's still setbacks of obviously. Course, yeah. You know, it's it's a long road, you know. I'm almost a year out now and I'm still you know, you still have your setbacks, but the people in PATS made it possible for me to be alive today.
0: And I, I without being over simple about it, is is it talking? Is it therapy? Is
2: it I think it's in parts, the thing I found very good was that you know it's all very much based around you. You know the you know obviously you do the same groups as the other people and all of that kind of thing. But if there's anything that you have a particular, if you kind of particularly connect with, you know they'll they'll get you in touch with someone to to do that. Okay. Uh, you know, for me it was kind of structuring my days and and that kind of thing and just getting back on track. Um, so I I was. I got involved with occupational therapy and stuff like that Um, but you know I know other people that got involved with other things you know what's good about the young adult programme is that it steers you in the right direction you know it doesn't tell you what to do and it's
0: not one size fits all it's not like that at all
2: no you know it treats you like it treats you like an adult basically you get to make your own decision and you know you have a say in everything that happens you don't have to do anything if you don't want to do it Um, and I like the fact that you know I wasn't you know I thought when I was going in that I was insane you know that I was I was mental, but it's not the case. Like they just treated me like a normal human being, you know. They looked after me, but I was allowed to do pretty much anything up to a point, obviously. But yeah. you know, we were we were allowed to walk around, and you know, I got out on weekends once they thought I was ready, um, and it was all it was all done very well, and they were really nice to me, um, especially Alan and and, his, and the team that were with them at the time, just. Works so well with me. Um, I'm incredibly grateful to to kind of the yeah, app program for for saving my life, basically.
0: Absolutely, something that's going to sound and it uh, probably you know, and Alan, you you, you would know this, uh, but something that's going to sound very shallow is that you look like someone who is you're you're a very good looking guy. You're tall, Cheers. Um, <laughs> but you are you, you like you you know Jack has kind of model uh, features, so you you would think has everything, you know, you see you walking down the road, everything going from, you know, the girls must love them, um, I'm looking at your dad out there, um, looking in the window, but you know, you have everything going for you, you're tall, you're athletic looking, you know, you're a good speaker, um, why, in the name of God, would you suffer from depression? I think people have have a vision of somebody who has a mental health problem as, as looking geeky, you know, uh, maybe spotty, and you know who, who really is, is bent shoulders. It's yes,
1: the impression that we that we feel that we that we get, but it's, it's it's not like that. It affects so many people. It affects, as you said, one in four people, yeah. one in four young people. I mean, this. I mean, Ireland has one of the, the highest suicide rates in Europe among eighteen to twenty-four year olds.
0: Why do you believe that is?
1: A lot of it has to do with. Depression, anxiety, but a lot of it has to do with uh, not being able to talk about it. Not being able to, somebody who's, who, who, who as Jack said, who was feeling self harm, who was uh, actually participating in self harm. If that goes unseen, if that goes, and nobody's asking any questions, nobody's actually kind of uh, taking the first step to actually say, look, what's going on that'll just continue on and the next step after yeah. self-harm is kind of like it'll just draw you down and the next step is actually thinking about suicide thinking about
0: which is, which is until terrible until it gets
1: darker and then all of a sudden
0: you know did you did you feel um, that you couldn't and I know family it, it is tough and I, we've dealt with loads of things but the family is a very tough situation because somebody who's very close to you sometimes you want to tell them just to get lost because you know. Did you find it very hard to to talk, or did you feel that they wouldn't be able to understand?
2: Well, I know, like originally when I first came into play, they kind of. It's harder. It was harder to talk to my family for me because I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, my my principal was actually a, a huge part in that. Um, you know, he he sat my dad down and told him what I had said and and made sure that I had a link between. My family and myself—that it wasn't get the message wasn't getting mixed up or whatever—and oh, yeah. um, that meant that I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to look my family in the eye, and because I was quite embarrassed by it. If I'm honest, like I, I had a stigma too. Um, but after that, you know, I—I I feel pretty much after the first month of of the struggling, I could say anything to my family, my parents, um, you know. If if there's one constant that that kinda kept me going throughout the whole thing, it was my you mum, know, my dad, you know, it was it was I have unbelievable amount of respect because I put them through a serious a serious amount of stuff and they kinda just it it was it was puzzling to me how they how they just kept dealing with it, just kept coming back at me. Um and it was just you know, the people that are were involved in my life and that are involved in my life, people like my girlfriend now and you know my my friends, mm-hmm. especially my close friends, um, you know, um, and my family especially. were just they've just been unbelievable and they all looked after me.
0: What would you say to uh, to somebody, uh, Jack, I supposed to finish up with? What, what would you say to anybody who's feeling very low, uh, feeling like they want to harm themselves, or feeling that you know they're they're in a, a bad place?
2: I'd say, you know, there's there's different, there's people that suffer differently from it, you know, just obviously, I I didn't know how to say it, but I would say to anybody who's struggling out there, you know, just anyone, anyone you trust, just say something, um, you know, and if they don't listen, say it to the next person, um, you know, because this stuff takes lives very easily, so you don't take it for granted, like.
0: Very good, and Alan? I'd say talk to people.
2: I know it's very hard for young people to talk to people,
1: but even if it's their best friend, even if it's somebody <laughs> that they know or a grandparent or a relative, you've got to start talking to people.
0: Fantastic. That's we just have messages the, here uh, saying, uh, hiya, Joan, just want to say I'm very proud to listen to Jack. I was in school with him. I think that he's doing fantastic work. Well done. So listen, uh, well done. A walk in my shoes, by the way. um, <sighs> Is on on this Friday, isn't it? The twelfth, and uh, it's taking place as is, is proudly uh, supported by ninety eight FM and all of the, all of the help that uh, that you need in St Patrick's. I I truly hope you get because it is one area that is still very 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 underfunded. Listen um, for now, Jack and Alan. Great talking to you. Listen, well Thank done you. as well, and, and great work you're Thank doing. Thanks, much. Amelia.
2: Thank Cheers. Cheers.